That's too much pressure. Jeff and I are sharing a microphone, so we gotta observe COVID protocol. All right, got that all cleaned off. We should be good now. Morning, my name's Yo. Yes, it's actually my name. If this is your first time visiting, first time watching, that's what I go by. It's a long story. We won't get into that. Um, and what I have to share today, hopefully, will be a nice capper or maybe a compliment to what Pastor Matt has been talking about the last few weeks as we've been talking about how to remain optimistic in difficult times. Um, hopefully, it'll even compliment what Pastor Steve was talking about last week as he talked about being not ashamed. Um, just something that will go along with what they had to share. But before I get started, as you all know, Pastor Matt only shares bad jokes on holidays. So I figured I should just let you all know, I only share good jokes on holidays. <laughs> what did the turkey say to the hunter on Thanksgiving? Quack, quack. And he lived to tell the tale. Because, anyway. <clears throat> Who is never hungry at Thanksgiving? The turkey. He's already stuffed. Couldn't possibly have another bite. Okay, well, you know, I tried to practice these with my family, and after a while, they are like, you just got to stop. And I told them, I can't quit cold turkey. Okay, Pastor Matt, I'm sorry. That's harder than it looks. I'm just going to leave that to you next time. I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. All right, here we are. Thanksgiving is over. Christmas is on its way. The year 2020 is just about done which has a lot of people saying, thank God this year is almost over. Let's just get it done already. And I don't know about you, but 2020 has been a little bit of a difficult, challenging year. I've had some struggles this year. And over Thanksgiving, honestly, I had a little bit of a hard time thinking of things that I was thankful for in the midst of all the challenges that we faced in 2020. But then I had kind of an interesting thought, I started to realize there was one thing that I was very thankful for all throughout 2020, and that was hope, specifically my hope in Christ. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know, in some ways, 2020 really was a year full of hope. It was a hope-full year. And I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, that's, that's crazy. How could you possibly think that? Well, hang on, I'm going to explain it to you. When you stop and think about it, it's kind of interesting how much we use that word hope. If you listen to people talk, listen how much that word hope comes up as they talk, right? I hope the Broncos win. I hope you have a safe trip. I hope no one eats all the Thanksgiving leftovers before I can get some. I hope I can find toilet paper at the store. I hope there's never an election like 2020 ever again. I hope I never have to see a political ad ever again. I hope it snows. I hope it doesn't snow. I hope I get what I want for Christmas. I hope for this. I hope for that. I hope for this. I hope for that. I hope, I hope, I hope. We use that word all the time. And the fact that we use that word hope so much suggests to me that perhaps we were made to hope. We were made for hope actually. Now, one reason why 2020 was such a hopeful year was because it was an election year. I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, come on. You know, regardless of what you th felt about the election, 
this year or any year that there's an election. Let's be honest. Elections really are all about hope, aren't they? I hope my candidate wins. I hope they can fix things. I hope they keep their promises. I hope things are better when they get into office. I hope, I hope, I hope. I mean, when you look at it, elections really are all about hope. This is so true, I don't know if you remember this, but back in 2008, there was a campaign that pretty much decided, okay, let's just, let's just roll with that. That's what we're going to make our campaign all about. And, and you might remember this particular campaign. They had this poster that looked a little bit like, like this that they ran, the, the Obama Hope poster. You guys remember this? It was such an iconic image. And, and there's all kinds of spoofs that were made of it over and over and over, over again. I've always been fascinated with that image. I mean, it just so brazenly expresses what people wanted in a candidate. Hope. And that concept, that honest admission, like, hey, elections are all about hope, um, actually drove a lot of people to vote in 2008. A lot of people voted just because of that, because of hope. But what happened to that hope? Well, some of you are going to say the next guy came in and ruined it all. That's the thing about political hope, though, isn't it? I mean, every four years, new hope is needed. Every four years, there's a bunch of people who are disappointed because the person they hoped for didn't win. Every four years, there's people who think, finally, my hope is fulfilled. And then four years later, they realize that fulfillment didn't really last because we got to do another election. Hope is such an integral part of politics and elections. People put so much hope in their candidate and the issues they represent. That hope has actually ended up deeply dividing our country. Isn't that weird? Well, quite frankly, that's what happens when you put your hope in the wrong thing. Or the wrong person. Or any person, really. There's a verse in Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Politics is a never-ending cycle of hope deferred every four years. I don't care who's running, on what platform, for what issue. Ultimately, it's something that's going to leave our hearts sick. Just look at this year. Half the country is sick at heart. Actually, that verse makes a lot of sense for 2020, doesn't it? I mean, this year has been a year of a lot of deferred hopes. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Hope deferred. We're going to get a vaccine soon. Hope deferred. Things eventually will go back to normal. Hope deferred. We'll elect someone who's going to fix everything. Hope deferred? We don't know. Have they figured that out yet? I haven't really paid that much attention. The new James Bond movie is coming out this year. Ooh, hope deferred. <laughs> the Broncos have finally found their quarterback. Hope deferred? Last I heard, we're not even playing a quarterback today. <laughs> We're going to play a game with no quarterback. I don't know how that works, but hope deferred. The point is, 2020 can feel like it was a year of nothing but hopes that were deferred over and over again. So is it any wonder as we get close to the end of the year that so many people are sick at heart and just sick of this whole year? 
So at this point, you're probably thinking, well, that's nice and depressing. Yo, Shanks, thanks for sharing that. That's great. I feel wonderful. Yeah, 2020 was a terrible year. I thought you were going to share some encouragement. I'm getting there. Now, I don't know if you noticed this. I seem to notice this. It seemed like Christmas this year was more anticipated than in past years. It just seemed people like were really eager to get to Christmas this year. It seemed like decorations were kind of leaking into stores a little bit earlier. It seemed like people started talking about Christmas and what they wanted to do for Christmas a little bit earlier. People started wearing ugly Christmas sweaters a little bit early, earlier, putting up their lights a little bit earlier. You know, Halloween was kind of underwhelming. You know, we couldn't really do a whole lot for Halloween. Thanksgiving, it was what it was. I mean, it was a weird Thanksgiving when you're actually discouraged not to be with friends and family. <laughs> Stay away from people, but have a happy Thanksgiving. I don't know how you do that. But Christmas, Christmas is coming. And there's just something about Christmas where people are thinking, if we could just get to Christmas, then things are finally going to be fine. If we could just get to Christmas, then things are going to be a little bit normal. Things are finally going to be okay. Christmas, let's, let's just get to Christmas. Let's fast forward to Christmas. Why? Why all this anticipation for Christmas? I'll tell you why. It's because Christmas is all about hope. Now, people probably aren't quite sure why. They probably don't even fully realize it themselves. They probably don't recognize it within them. But there's something in them that innately understands there's something about Christmas that represents a hope that they need. And it's not just that temporary hope. It's not just a hope that will fade every four years. It's, it's a more substantial hope. It's a brighter hope. Hope. It's a hope that's going to fill their soul. They don't know quite what it is, but they know it's there somewhere in Christmas. There's something about that time of year. And in 2020, they're more desperate for it than ever before. You just got to get to Christmas because somehow whatever it is about Christmas, that's going to make everything okay. Well, I think that need, that desire, that longing to get to Christmas this year, again, just shows that we were made to hope, that we were made for hope, and that's what draws people to Christmas, especially in difficult years like this year. And here's the thing. The hope of Christmas is actually this, if we were to make a poster of it. Right? Christmas is so full of hope because that's when the hope of the world was born in the flesh, in a manger, in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. And the truth is, the world really wasn't all that different back then when Jesus was born. I mean, you know, Israel wasn't really facing a global pandemic, but they were going through some dark times. They were being occupied by the Romans. They didn't like that. It was an oppressive time for them. And to make matters worse, it had been over 400 years since they had heard any word from God. Complete silence for over 400 years. Now, they had been promised a hero, a Messiah, a Savior, who was going to come and, and fix things and make things better, but those promises were over 400 years old. They hadn't heard anything new. They hadn't seen anyone come that fit all those prophecies. Over 400 years waiting for hope and it not arriving. You want to talk about hope deferred? Go back to Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago and think about how they must have been feeling. But they had their prophecies that they were clinging to. There was one verse in Isaiah 9-2 that I think offered them some hope. It said, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. 
That verse kind of seems appropriate for 2020, doesn't it? <laughs> like, we've been walking in great darkness this year. And we could really use some light. That's what Jesus is. He is the light that was foretold that was going to shine in the darkness. He was the light that was going to come 2,000 years ago, and he's the light that we need here in 2020. Now, I can identify what it feels like to walk around and stumble in the darkness. I think any man who's ever had to shop for a woman during Christmas time knows what it feels like to be in the dark and stumbling around without a clue. I had to go shopping for my wife a couple years ago, and, and she wanted a scarf for Christmas. I'm thinking, that's easy. Scarf, no problem. So I go to the store. I go in the lady section. I go to the area where they have the scarves. And I see a white scarf. She wanted a white scarf. I see the white scarf there. I walk up. I'm like, hey, easy. I got this white scarf right here. Oh, wait, but there's another, there's another white scarf right here, and it's slightly different. And then there's another one over, over there that's slightly different. And then I looked around. There's, like, white scarves everywhere. I, I don't know if you knew this. I actually looked it up. There's, like, over 52 different shades of white. Who needs that many different shades of white? This store had all of them. And to make matters worse, all these scarves were, like, slightly different. This one's made out of wool. This one's made out of alpaca. I don't even know what that is. This one has tassels. That one has sparklies. This one is knitted. That one's crocheted. They're all different. I don't know what's going on. And I started to panic, and I'm looking around like, I can't make a decision. My favorite part about that experience is I looked up, and I noticed that in that particular section of the store, all men with the same expression that I had, We all looked lost. Eventually, I made eye contact with one of them, and I was kind of like, you know, and he kind of like, good luck. So I just grabbed a scarf, took it to the lady up front, and then uh, she asked me one of the most upsetting questions I've ever heard. Did you find what you were looking for? And I, 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 like, completely broke down. I lost it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I found what I'm looking for. I don't know what I'm looking for. I was looking for a white scarf. You got all these different shades of white. Why are there so many different shades of white? I don't know. What's an infinity scarf? Does it go on forever? I don't understand. No, Christmas is ruined. I just completely lost it. She stood there and watched me for a little bit and finally said, would you like a gift receipt? To which I responded, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. And I took that gift receipt and I got out of there as fast as I could. I don't know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what does this have to do with anything? You know, Israel wasn't looking for a scarf. I get that. But they were looking for a savior. And the interesting thing is, just as I had a hard time recognizing the perfect scarf for my wife, Israel had a very difficult time recognizing the savior when he actually came. They were looking for a king. They got a baby born in a manger. And I may have felt lost and confused and completely in the dark when it comes to women's fashion. I still do, I'll be honest. Um, but that gift receipt, that was my light in the darkness. Because <laughs> with that gift receipt, my wife could take back whatever scarf I got her and get what she actually wanted. Which she didn't do, of course, because I did a good job. I mean, you, you like, this good, this good, I've never seen her wear it since. I, it's not important, actually, so we won't dwell on that. The point is, Israel needed light as well. And that's what Jesus being born in a manger was. They were in darkness 2,000 years ago. We're in darkness here in 2020, and we need that light more than ever. Jesus was that light. His birth was marked by light. There was a star 
that's shown to mark his birth. Jesus even said he was the light. In John 8, 12, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Look, 2020 has been a dark year for a lot of reasons. And maybe you feel like, well, it's not just 2020. I've been in darkness for a lot longer than that. I've been going through dark times for as long as I can remember. Well, here's the thing. You don't have to be in darkness anymore. Because Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our light. You know why there's so many lights at Christmas? It's because of this very thing that we're talking about. The lights of Christmas represent Jesus, who is the hope of the world. You know, we make Christmas nice and bright because we put all the lights on our house and make our house all Griswold-looking with all the lights, or at least I do. I spent most of the day yesterday doing that. I'm sure my neighbors are very glad that they have to wear sunglasses at night now. But we also make Christmas spiritually bright because of the birth of Jesus. He is the hope and light that we need here in 2020, just as he was 2,000 years ago. And that's the light that draws people to Christmas, like a moth to the flame. There's some verses in, in Romans that I want to look at that help expand on all this a little bit. If you look in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 3, I'm actually going to read out of the expanded version so we get a little more context for what these verses have to say. It says, we also have joy, rejoice, boast with our troubles through suffering, trials, persecution, because we know that these troubles produce patience and endurance. And patience and endurance produces character, tested and proven character. And the tested and proven character produces hope. And this hope will never disappoint us, let us down, or put us to shame, dishonor us, dishonor us, because God has poured out his love in our hearts or flooded our hearts with his love. He gave us his love through the Holy Spirit whom God has given to us. For when we were unable to help ourselves, still helpless and weak, at the right or appointed time, Christ died for us sinners. Now, there's a couple key points I want to take away from this verse. First, it says that Jesus came at just the right time or the appointed time. Well, when exactly was that? Was that only back when he was born? It's kind of interesting because if you look at 2 Corinthians 6.2, it actually says now is the right time or appointed time. That verse says, behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. And that's the great thing about the hope of Jesus. It's available right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for someone new to get elected. You don't have to wait for the Broncos to win the Super Bowl again. That might be a long wait. You don't even have to wait for Christmas. You can have the hope of Jesus right now. Because now is the right time. Now is the appointed time. The second thing that I really like about this verse in Romans is how it points out that hope in Jesus will never disappoint. Hope in Jesus is a hope that will never be deferred. Hope in Jesus will never make the heart sick. Hope in Jesus is a hope that will be fulfilled. Hope in Jesus is a hope that will bring light into the darkness. Hope in Jesus will never disappoint us because it's God's love being poured out into our world through the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So really, what we're saying is our hope isn't just this. It isn't just Jesus born in a manger, right? It's not just this. Actually, our hope is really this. It's the cross. 
You see, Jesus didn't come just to be born. He didn't show up just to live a nice life, tell us a few parables, give us some nice platitudes to put on a card at Christmas time, and show us how to be nice people to each other. He also didn't come as a political figure. He wasn't a conquering king who's going to vanquish the Romans or solve all of our political problems. No, the hope of Jesus' birth, and really the hope of Christmas, is that Jesus came to die. Jesus came to save us from our sin. Jesus was born to die in order that we might be saved from the most terrible pandemic the world has ever known. And it's not COVID-19. It's something far worse than that. It's something that has a 100% infection rate and a 100% mortality rate. It's sin. And it has affected all of us. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is what saves the world from that pandemic of sin. And the hope of that salvation started on Christmas when Jesus was born. That's why in Luke, the shepherds heard this from the angels. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, Christmas brings hope because it brings good news, the good news, which is for all people. Jesus is that good news. Jesus is the hope of Christmas. Jesus is the hope that we need here in 2020. 2020 has been a year unlike any other year. 2020 has been an exhausting year. But Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In 2020, Jesus is our hope of rest for all of us who are weary. 2020 has been a draining year. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In 2020, Jesus is our hope of renewal, our hope of having a reinvigorated life. 2020 has been a year of fear and anxiety. But Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In 2020, Jesus is our hope of peace and of freedom from fear and anxiety. 2020 has been a year of deep division on so many different levels. But like the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You see, color doesn't matter, age doesn't matter, gender doesn't matter, political affiliation doesn't matter. If you're a Broncos fan or not, it doesn't matter. Jesus came for us all. He came to die for us all. So we all can be free from sin. All of us. Jesus, in 2020, is our hope for unity. Jesus is our hope to conquer division because Christ came to redeem us all. Yeah, 2020 was, it was a weird, challenging, difficult year. It stretched me. It challenged me. It exhausted me. It wore me out. <laughs> and over Thanksgiving, I was just thinking, well, so what exactly do we have thankful be thankful for about this year? This is a terrible year. Can we just get a mulligan? But then the more I thought about it, the more I realized, actually, 2020 was a pretty great year for hope. It was a hopeful year. 
Because my hope in Jesus is what sustained me through this year. My hope in Jesus is what encouraged me throughout this year. My hope in Jesus is what helped me get through this year. And without that hope, I honestly don't know what I would have done. And that hope was so prevalent throughout so much of all the events that happened throughout this entire year, I can honestly look back and say that 2020 was a hopeful year because of my hope in Jesus. Friends, there has never been a greater hope than Jesus. The world has never needed hope more than it does here at the end of 2020. We're fast approaching the end of the year. Christmas is coming. People are excited about it. It's a bright, shining hope at the end of the year. They're looking for it. They want it. Do they really understand what it is they're looking for? Part of the reason that we can remain optimistic and have a positive outlook when we are believers is because of the hope of Jesus. And part of the reason that we need to be unashamed and bold is because there's a lot of people who need that hope, especially here at the end of 2020. Christmas has a lot of people excited this year. They're looking forward to it, and they don't even really know why, maybe. So the question is, are we going to be the ones who are bold enough to tell them what the hope of Christmas really is? Will you share that hope? Or, if this is the first time you're hearing it explained, will you accept that hope? It's as easy as ABC to accept the hope of Jesus. A, you have to admit. You have to admit that you need hope. You have to admit that you're a sinner. You have to admit that you need a Savior. B, you have to believe that Jesus is that Savior. You have to believe that Jesus wasn't just born to be a cute little baby in a manger so we could have nativity scenes at Christmas. Jesus was born to die on a cross to pay the ugly price for sin that you should pay, that we should pay, that I should have paid. He paid it for us with his death on the cross. And see, you have to confess Jesus as your Savior. He rose from the dead to bring us new life. And we can have that new life when we just confess, I need Jesus to be my Savior. I need Jesus to be my hope. I need Jesus to be the light of my life. And you confess that just by simply saying, Lord, I need you. I admit I am a sinner and I am lost in the darkness. I need the gift receipt that is Jesus Christ to come into my life and redeem me. You can say a simple prayer like that and you can start a whole new journey of hope. You know, I hope, there's that word again. I hope you guys have a great Christmas season, but more than that, I hope you will be bold enough to share what the hope of Christmas is all about. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Thanksgiving. Uh, we thank you for all the things that we had to be thankful for this past year. Most of all, we're thankful for our hope that we have in Jesus. And when we have that, we can have a hopeful year, no matter what year it is. As we move towards Christmas, may we make the most of every opportunity to share that hope, 
We ask for your blessings on this season, and as people search desperately in the darkness for a light to bring them hope, may, may we be the ones to share that light with them. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope, there we go again. I hope you guys have a great week. So glad you guys could join us here today. Uh, just a reminder, we're still doing our COVID thing. So uh, if you're going to hang out, there's always fresh air outside to hang out in and chat with each other. And we hope to see you here again next week.